0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just seen his first Edinburgh Fringe show. It's Richard (laughs) Harris. Oh yeah. Hello there, Edinburgh. I'm nearly better. Oh, welcome. Oh no, I've dropped everything on the floor. It's a disastrous start. How are you doing? Thank you so much for coming along. Welcome to... Richard Herring's Lock Siphoning Todger podcast. Uh, that's what I came up with today. It's change of direction. I'm, go- I'm traveling around Scotland now with the podcast, uh, putting my penis into every lock. I can find and see how much I can just siphon off <laughs> daily. And then I squirt it. It's like it's a knockout without the um, underage sex. Uh, and then there's, I then siphon it into a thing. And then there's a dipstick. Uh, whichever lock, I get the most water out of wins. So that's the new, I don't know if my guests are prepared. For that, but I was hanging out with uh, the interchangeable three men sketch groups, whose posters is just them all pulling this exact same face. <laughs> um, they all call it but Those guys, all of those guys, <laughs> and I can say that because I did my fair share of those posters as well. As long as you look funny on the poster, right? That's all. Oh, that'll be funny because they've got a funny face. That is... Keep it up, guys. Good work. Uh, I was. Um, I happened to see a show. I'll talk about that first. Uh, I'm only going to see kids' shows this uh, year because. Uh, I've got my family up with me, and I would very much like to recommend to any families, don't go without kids, you'll look weird. Um, and you probably are weird, so please don't go if you listen to this. Uh, don't mess with the dummies. This is an Australian triplet, uh, tri- triple, no, they're not triplets, I don't think. Three fantastic Australian uh, sort of circus performers. It generally brilliant. My two-year-old son has never sat still for more than 30 seconds in his life. He got through in 40 minutes before he even started finishing. It was incredible. So go and see that. That's just a recommend. Uh, uh, I was I was looking forward actually to uh, doing some uh, topical material because you know this is a lot. You know this goes out today. That's very rare now with the pub. We got we got till December with the podcasts already in the can. So it's quite unusual to. So I was looking forward to doing topical material and then I saw the news today and that was not so good. Uh, why why is it with America? They're so unlucky with gun crime, aren't they? What's that? What's the way? <laughs> It's so unlucky it happens so two uh, gun crime terrible sp- shooting sprees in the same 12 hour period it's uh, incredible uh, there have been more gun sprees America this year, in America this year than I have had Saleros that is, that is how bad <laughs> I eat at least one Salero a day most countries work on the if we get less gun sprees than Richard Herring eats Saleros index then that's fine most of them are doing pretty well most of them are actually on the same number of alcoholic units I've had so far this year. Uh, so uh, that's uh, pretty uh, tragic. If they, well, I can't work out what it is about America that's so different. Why is it? Why is it them that get it? I can't. Uh, if only we could work out what the problem <laughs> was, then I'm sure we could solve it. So as you can see, it's very funny news. In the, new, the news has been a very funny news today. Uh, and I would just like to say to people at home uh, do come along and see the show we've, uh, or listen to it at home I hope you listen to all of them you don't have to listen to all of them but if you want to you can we've got some big names coming up uh, we, we've got a day off tomorrow because you know, I'm, t- I'm 52 years old uh, and then on Tuesday we've got Vicky Stone and Sophie Ducker on uh, Wednesday we've got which is nearly sold out because that's two for one so you know we're in Scotland uh, and uh, just uh, by the by uh, uh, Jade Adams and David O'Doherty on Wednesday John Robbins on Thursday returning do come to that Honey hardly sold anything He's lost it, he's lost it. Uh, and Janie Godley and Ashley Story on uh, Friday. We've got Tommy and Richard Osman, Sarah Kendall, Tony Slattery coming up, so please uh, do come and see a show. You can see more than one if you want. Uh, and oh, there's Liam there, he's back. For, if anyone's coming to, has anyone come to more than uh, three shows yet? There's been three, has anyone come to three? Only Liam. Uh, they, I've got, Liam's come, he's gonna win this book unless someone comes to more shows than him. And uh, I'm gonna give him a gift, which is 80 pounds off a, taste, uh, a case of wine. With a future sponsor of this show. <laughs> so well done. It's good. If you come to them all. you'll end up paying you back. It seems st- stupid for you to come to one of them, you fucking idiot. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but thank you for doing so. Uh, and uh, uh, th- at the end of the show, I hope you've got a programme at the end of the show, we'll be doing a collection for Scope as always, which is a fantastic charity I'm patron of, which uh, uh, is uh, dedicated to trying to get equal rights and access for disabled people. Uh, if you like that programme, would like to give some money on the way out, there, there'll be buckets. Uh, I'll, there'll also be a bucket on the table, I'll be doing signings and I'm happy to do selfies and I'm happy to sign your program, I'm selling some books as well after the show. Or you can text Herring 70085 and you'll donate £5 to Scope. You can do that at home. If you change it to Herring 3 it'll be £3, Herring 20 it'll be £20, whatever you want to do. That's just for you at home, uh, if you want to join in with that. Right, let's crack on with the show. You love the old gun spree material, so I think we're all warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> Might come up again. Uh, I, my first guest today... Uh, is probably best known for playing Katie in Carpeted After Hours, that is, that's why we're here, we've all come, that's why 200, I tell you, I, I can see the exact sales figures every single day for this show on a, on a web page, and it has ruined my life, I look at it, I look at it every five minutes, there are 224 people in today, so um, will you please welcome the amazing Jenna Friedman ladies and gentlemen! Sit down. Uh, Pick up microphone, and phone in there. you will be uh, be able to be heard. Thank you for having me. No, thanks so much for doing this. This is incredible. Um, You're much too high profile for for this show. Katie. I'm Katie, if you're not recognizing
1: me. It's Katie from that student film in 2007.
0: Was it, what what, what was Katie's... I don't even know. I
1: don't think I had a speaking role. My friends (laughs) were film students, and I just helped them out by being in a... I don't even know what it was about. It was some surreal student film in Chicago in like 2007. Okay. But it was my first credit on IMDb.
0: That's why, that's why I picked it. It's difficult with an American guest because I might accidentally pick something that is really you good. And so I had to be very careful. Could have picked The Daily Show. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, so um, you're, uh, you're American. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Do you have any answer to why there's all the The, the gun sprees? I I have a lot
1: to say about it. I mean, it's it's why I'm here. It's the only place I can say it safely. (laughs) We can't joke about shootings in America because they happen all the time. We can't even talk about them. But it is getting easier to talk about because they're daily and like practice makes perfect. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the gun lobby, uh, has a lot of control over our politicians and our, p- particularly our Republican politicians. And so, uh, a lot's gonna come down to this next election to try to get people who are not cool with kids getting shot, um, yeah. in office.
0: Yeah. It's kind of weird that that's a, a, a thing that there's some that aren't cool with. I mean, there's a lot that are cool. They're in, the ones who are cool with it, pretty I much. Th-
1: yeah, I think they've, uh, yeah. I talk about it a lot in in my shop. <laughs> Sorry. It's a lot to talk about, and it's not funny, and it's so sad, and it's so personal, because we all, um, you know, it's like, uh, we all are affected by it. We yeah. all know people who, have you know, it's like... <coughs> I mean, could they just not
0: sell machine? I mean, they stopped selling proper machine guns for a while. And it's it capitalism. I don't know what you're
1: talking about. You've got to make <laughs> a buck. Um, yeah, no, they could put the public interest over profit, but that's not what's happening in our country. Uh, can we talk about farts? We can. <laughs> we, we, will, we will in a
0: second. I just feel it. I, I sort of feel like there should be a code amongst the shooters that they don't do them so close together, because I'd be really pissed off if I was the first guy... You're in the news, and then bang, there's another one taking you off the top. You've got—they've got to space them out a bit. Wow,
1: well, it's like
0: I, Edinburgh. It's too many
1: people too here. Too many. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. No, I mean they. The, for the most part, too, they keep walking away from the accident, like the accident the shooting. They keep um, like it's almost safer to be. Um, I, I. I don't want to put <laughs> on record. No, but it's almost like safer to be a mass shooter than just a, a civilian in America at this point. Yeah. I don't know how they keep, I do know how, I do know exactly how they keep not, like, but it's because they're white, um, the white ones. You know that it's a white one if they're alive after the shooting. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's pretty amazing <laughs> to, to, but I also think, like, that's embarrassing for the shooters if they, they're alive at the end. That is, uh, that's, they, they've got to die, right, in the shooting. Otherwise, it's sort of embarrassing to be still there afterwards.
1: <laughs> Comedic riff is it's just, <laughs> too hot. It's just, just too hot. I'm just thinking funny. it from their point of view. Anyway, it's let's like, crack walls.
0: on. Well, I could talk about your show, but that's what your show's about, so I can't it's talk not
1: about it. You guys, it's not all about that. I, uh, I open with that just to put Brexit in perspective. <laughs> 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 you are so upset about Brexit, I'm like, hey, guess what? <laughs> it could be worse. I mean, we, we yeah.
0: Well, we'll talk about politics a bit more because I do want to talk to you, but later we'll move on to something else. Um, and um, well, I mean, it's sort of polite. I was watching last night uh, when I was uh, looking after my kid; they were asleep, it's fine. Uh, I was watching you interview uh, John McAfee, which was oh, quite yeah. a, was quite an interesting interview. Which he's the guy who invented the software,
1: the Norton antivirus software. He's running for president on the libertarian platform. Uh, very charismatic. Uh, Guy, but also maybe a murderer and uh, a sex offender.
0: Sorry. Yeah. I mean, sex offenders are they're allowed to be president, so that's okay. That's, that's not an issue. They're, they're expected
1: mur- at this point, yes. Yeah. That's I mean, the only requirement. President, your
0: president must have killed someone at some point.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, um, not directly, very, you know, at least uh, indirectly. But it was, uh, it was Carrie
1: Fisher, actually, I think. Okay. Carrie Fisher. That's probably not funny, but um, <laughs> she did die like right after the election. Oh right. So okay. I think Trump killed her. Okay. <laughs> I am serious.
0: <laughs> um, but it was a very good interview with John McAfee because you you played him very well. I don't know how how much he was colluding with you with it a little bit, but you were.
1: No, he had guns. Yeah. They had actually armed gunmen like surrounding us. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, we were not on the same team. Because uh, he, he was
0: sort of a happy, but you, were, you sort of flattered him enough and flirted yes. with him, like, minimally, but just the right amount.
1: That's how she does it. <laughs> <Make> <laughs> it. I mean, it, it's, it was fascinating to watch.
0: I'm, immu- I'm immune. Right. You can't get me, I'm immune now. Just because so it's all stopped working, I'm 52. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my geez. Um, but it's, it's amazing how that's. You know, it's, it's that easy to, to a guy like that, a powerful guy like that, to, to make... disarm to him, him to
1: disarm with him. Uh, my feminine wife. <laughs>
0: But You just—you just said you, don't, you look 45 instead of 70, and then he was like, "Oh, okay." And I then know, leaning over and touching me But anyway, he like, did.
1: He did look. He looks good for somebody yeah. who buys um, fake drugs off the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he he looks good, and he also did, they all had guns, so you do have, it was weird, there was one moment when the guy was like pointing a gun at me, and it almost, it was so cartoonishly scary that it didn't register, and there's this, and I was just like, hypothetically, please don't shoot, and I didn't, it wasn't scripted or anything, and it's like, that's my, like, deer in headlights react, it's like, you just like. Maybe a, like ironic hipster de-escalation of like when someone has a.
0: You're incredibly cool, I have to say, because it was even if a guy just gets a, you got a gun out and then tried to put it back in the holster, and it took him five yeah, times to get it back drinking, in the holster, which means yeah. sure, you that's Yeah, it's on
1: a, YouTube if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, he was definitely. drinking, drinking and holding a gun, super fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. You got a fantastic interview. Andy was happy. He said he wouldn't get recorded in the toilet, and then you did record him in the toilet. Anyway, that's yeah. why I wondered whether he'd done that for you. You got him talking. No, 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 you no. You got him talking no. about shitting in people's people shitting in no, his No, we mouth. didn't
1: get him talking about that. I was trying to keep it. He he uh, pays women to uh, shit in his mouth. Look, at least he's paying them. Um, <laughs> you know, someone got to. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I actually tried to keep it a little highbrow. The interview because yeah. he is running for president. Um, honestly I think he would be a better option (laughs) honestly because he's like pro choice you know and like unless you're that one person but I talked to him about all right um anyway what was your question
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was very it's very well worth seeing I also listened to uh, American cunt
1: Thank you. Which is your uh, previous? It was on CISO, which is like a short-lived internet platform. If a tree falls in the woods, and the woods is and you know nobody's heard it, but thank you.
0: Yeah, well, it's on iTunes now, which people yeah, it's have. On iTunes. I think a lot of people have that, so you can download that. My wife downloaded it yesterday as well. We didn't. We didn't communicate. We could. We, we bought it twice. We could have got it once and shared it. Oh, thank you. So you've had two sales at least, thank and you. that's a spike in in the UK. It might be. Yeah. That's down to our family, but. Uh, that was that was the show you did in Edinburgh 2 years so ago. i
1: developed it in Edinburgh and then i in 2015 so 4 years ago and then like the election happened and the show evolved to kind of uh, reflect what was going on in our country and so the final version is not what i took to edinburgh kind right, of course, kinda with what's happening now the show i'm doing now i, I i'm i'm working it out here yeah. which i guess people don't do
0: Well, increasingly they do it used to be how it used to i've been coming here for a long time and yeah. it used to be that you'd come up and have a have a pretty good idea of a show, but you'd develop it over the 25 yeah. days. And then it became very much like you had to come, if you wanted to win awards and get reviews, you had Oops. to have a show <laughs> at the start that was very good. But yeah. now there's a lot of people doing work in progress, stories, which I think is better.
1: No, yeah, it's not a work in progress, it's totally a show. It is, like, it took me like two days to get my sea legs, but now it's like definitely a show, so I totally count. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And so you, you, cover, I mean, you were covering sort of Trump, obviously, in, in, the, in American cunt. And in the, American
1: content, I, I didn't even talk about Trump when I first did the show, I remember mentioning, it It was at the stand, I remember one show where I mentioned him, and it got a laugh, and I was like, this is too easy, and then I just moved on, so he wasn't in the first version of the show. The show, uh, Sarah Watson, who is has a dear friend, and she works at the stand, uh, she was like, you should come over. And I was like, okay. And she's like, but you really need a title that'll grab people. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many shows. So I was like, what about American cunt? And she's like, yeah, totally. And so I wrote the show around the title. And the show became about like gender. And then with like Hillary versus Trump, it was like kind of horrifying, but also like such an interesting way to look at gender in America. Um, so that was that show. And then this show is more about, like, politics and America, America's obsession with uh, true crime and, you know, what's happening with, like, Brexit and...
0: uh, Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much fucked. I think what's quite interesting about... (laughs) Yeah, we're fucked. I mean, I think... But that's quite... What I find interesting about political comedy at the moment is people state quite bold facts like we're fucked and the audience sort of laugh, and then
1: you go, yeah, but... No, but we are. But we are. And (laughs) it sucks because it's like, you know, ultimately you guys pay to feel good, so you pay money to feel good. Um, And so you pay to see comedy that makes you laugh. And if you're doing political comedy and you're trying to be honest about it, there's nothing that is funny. It's like really hard to, and you know, there are ways to do it, but it's just like a really scary time. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm pretending to be optimistic just so I can sell more tickets. (laughs) So I'm like, vote everybody. But then it's also like our election, I mean, our election was hacked and they, Lindsey, uh, Mitch McConnell this past week just vetoed a bipartisan bill to try to stop election hacking again. So it's like we're not even fixing what messed up the last election. So I don't know, like I, I don't know if we'll get Trump out of office in 2020 because we didn't really vote for him to begin with in 2016. So I do think unless we can like actually have democratic, if we had a real democratic election, a, a Democrat would be in the White House.
0: Yeah, well I mean, because. I mean, we, we can't talk in the UK at all about any of this stuff. It's the same to, exact thing, yeah, though. it is. But also, it's an archaic system, as it is in the UK. The voting, the way yes. that voting works in the UK is that first-past-the-post thing, which is insane, in different areas. And so someone can get, you know, I think, like, even UKIP, we're getting 25% of the vote and no MPs. That's just wrong. you know. Whatever you say, that's not um, democracy. I'm, you know, I don't want UKIP to have particularly, but if you want democracy, then it's got to work like that. And, yeah, Trump, didn't, Trump got less votes. Obviously, America's more people 50 around the edge. 50% of the people middle. don't
1: vote. <laughs> uh, less than 25% of voting people, I think, voted for him. And also, the Electoral College is a relic of slavery to placate uh, white slave owners. And um, you guys should watch this documentary, The Great Hack, on Netflix, because I just... It, puts it, it just shows you kind of how uh, the way social media is really compromising democratic systems around the globe.
0: Yeah. But do you think we need to break it? I mean, will, it, will we break it and then be able to mend it again? It's obviously happened uh, back in the, I think, the 30s or 40s. There was something similar going on. Uh, I can't really remember. I don't know much about history. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it didn't... It, I kind of thought we'd sorted it out after Hitler, I have to say. I thought we gave that a good go, the whole... Nazism thing, and then we sort of worked out it probably wasn't that good an idea. Let's move on to something else. And now we said, oh, no, let's give it one. Let's just give it one more try. And see what happens. Do you think we'll break? We'll break, and we'll go back again, or do you think it's it's?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think that like media literacy, really trying to understand like where you're being fed propaganda. You know, like on Twitter, which I had to. Uh, my Twitter was private because I got a little bit trolled this past couple of days, but. Um, I, kinda, I follow journalists I know and trust and respect, and it is hard when like, everyone labels everything fake news, but I think on social media, for example, just being aware that the forces who are uh, governing social media are really just trying to keep like, retain your attention. Same with YouTube. You know, like, YouTube pushes people towards conspiracy theories to keep them online. Uh, Facebook sells your information to companies like Cambridge Analytica so that they can figure out which ones of you are impressionable to target and to get you to not vote. So these are actually documented things that are happening. The Guardian is the best person, the best uh, media company that's like actually documenting it. So just if, as long as we're aware and we talk to each other and we talk to people who maybe we disagree with in a peaceful way, I think like in a Pollyanna way, that could be like our first step forward. But that said, I, I, I think we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we are.
0: Uh, but- and it's interesting because it happens gradually. So you, when you read the history, which you go, "Well,
2: how did that happen? How did people let that happen?" But it's, it's that frog in a pan of boiling water. Events:
0: mm-hmm. If you put a frog in boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put it in Serial a pan and, <laughs> and, warm, and warm it up, it will stay inside. There, and that's sort of where we're at. We just like it's just happening gradually, gradually. Oh, do you think comedy is, is bad in this sense, in that it, it doesn't? Do you, do you think it informs or do you think it just makes it oh, we're, we're no, no, comedy's
1: never bad. I mean, I think it's, like, we're, it's really, like, such a democratic exercise to be able to, like, talk to people in a peaceful way. I think the challenging thing right now is parceling out, like, what's comedy and what's hate speech. And even, like, people on the left are, like, I definitely have to, kind of, put myself in check with certain jokes to not do because it's, like, I don't, even though, like, you know people who are like trump supporters at this point just do feel like they're brainwashing in a cult like they're still people and you still want to be kind and not dehumanize them so you have to like figure out how to talk about it but i think like comedy is so important because it can get people who maybe disagree with you to swallow complicated ideas through like humor
0: yeah i'm not sure i did a show called the mustache in 2010 <laughs> when it seemed like and i had a the mustache for a while to see mm-hmm. what would happen What happened? Uh, Well, not much, because at the time it seemed, even then it seemed ridiculous, you know, the idea that anyone would go, that Nazis would return uh, properly in a proper sense. And, um, uh, you know, and that show was sort of about getting people to vote so that right-wing politicians didn't get through via apathy. So, you know, it worked, didn't it? It was was good to do that. It was good. I saved you all. Imagine the timeline we'd be in if I hadn't done that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, I
0: you know, you know, people, I don't know. It's,
1: I know it feels, okay. Yeah. I know it feels futile what we're doing. Not to have, like, case studies, but when I was at the Daily Show, like, we actually have pieces that uh, influenced policy and got, like, uh, this one piece I did on, like, voting laws um, influenced uh, policy in North Carolina, vote RD laws, and, and then Trump became president, nothing matters. But it does, I think on, a, like, a local level, it really can help, and it does feel like... Um, we're so uh, in trouble right now, but I do think even if comedy can't like change policy, it can be cathartic to people yeah. who are just trying to process what's going on and activate people who aren't <laughs> voting or who don't think it matters. So I don't know. I mean, that's what I had to tell myself to so, like be
0: here. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the America does have all these smart shows, which again we don't so much in the UK. We tried to do those a, a version of the Daily Show. The match Report's got the closest, I think, out of everything we've done, and John Oliver show, obviously, as well, which we, we can get over here. Uh, you know, there's so much smart comedy and thoughtful comedy and real getting into politics, which you know, obviously you're doing in your shows as well, getting into politics in that deep way. Um, so it's, it feels like a lot of America isn't, isn't seen. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's still, that's the other
1: thing. It's like you're still preaching to the choir and how do you yeah. break through. And that's, I don't know. I mean, it is, it's always tricky. We're figuring it out as we go.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you an emergency question to give you a chance to, you'll bring it back to politics though.
1: I am? You were, you were, I bet you will. Well, I just don't want to talk about
0: it I'm going to um, ask you some stupid emergency questions. Yes. Uh, if you had to be in a human centipede, um, but you're in the middle, but you get, oh. to, you get to choose... who's?: who's uh, to eat or something? Yeah, and either end, you get to choose the people at both ends. Who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind you? In the... That's not
1: a weird question. No. Um. <laughs> not to these people. <laughs> Very so whose ass would I want to eat? Is it yeah. eating the ass? Well, it's I not, eat? I
0: mean, it's, yeah, your, um, your mouth is sewed to their Just anus. Sewed to their anus. Uh, and your, your anus is sewed to the mouth of the person behind you.
1: If I said, like, Betty White, because I know that she's pretty old, um, what happens if someone dies when they're sewed I to your face? Then
0: you've got to sort of walk around until they're... Just with a decomposed Decomposing Betty corpse. White in front of you, and then she'd eventually... That, I
1: mean, is a decomposed corpse worse than a live I think person? You
0: would, I think you'd die because I don't think the corpse would... Corpse would I would get, like, de-
1: ammonia in my... You might do, but I don't... Because it would take a while... Are it there was, any morticians you here? You would still be attached
0: to Betty White and it would take a while for her to decompose and you wouldn't be getting any food in that time apart from the okay. putrid putrefaction. <laughs> of, and then if it's someone
1: like John McAfee who eats... Poop, yeah. then he'd is, like it. Is it like if, if someone who eats poop poops, is their poop cleaner or dirtier?
0: I've, I've <laughs> got to say dirtier. It's like double, it's, it's concentrated. Yeah, poop, but you isn't know it? how you
1: put charcoal in water to clean it? <laughs> I mean, it's worth
0: a go. I'd choose. I mean, the thing, if you put Jan, John McAfee behind you, he'd be very happy. Yeah, I would
1: put John McAfee behind me for sure. If you're listening, John, because you know, yeah, I would totally, I want like. Consent going on. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean. I don't want to force my shit in anybody's mouth.
0: I think if, if, if the scientists who make human centipedes get me too, there, there's going to be a. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult for those guys to operate.
2: They're going to. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. as far as somebody maybe mm, maybe like a, a little I'm going to gag. Like a tiny little baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> a baby that doesn't even eat solids yet. Yeah.
0: I mean, it would be nice for you. I mean, it's, it is incredibly cruel for the It is cruel. For the new. I mean, they wouldn't know. Maybe they the would get used to this being their life.
1: Terminal. Sorry. What? Maybe we should talk about gun violence. <laughs>
0: You're in a safe space where we're allowed to no, hypothetically talk Nothing's about. a safe space ever.
1: And then also we're, we're being recorded. We so. are.
0: So far, so good though. I've got away with it all so far, haven't I? There's so much of me on the internet that they'll never find the stuff that mm. will get us into trouble. It's fine. Um, okay, let's see what I come up with. I wish I with. were a man on the internet. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll, ask, <laughs> I'll ask you. they are like, burn the witch. She's breathing. <laughs> some of them, some of the men on the internet have had half time. But yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost?
2: There you go.
1: I think ghost... I think it's like a peanut allergy. <laughs> if someone's choking on a peanut and you don't have a peanut allergy, you're like, what are you talking about? I think it's the same thing with like extra sensory perception. You know, like, I've never seen a ghost, but if somebody were like, I've seen a ghost, I'm like, oh, you have that allergy that allows you to see... Yeah.
0: Thank you. Some nice way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. So I can I usually ha- tell I don't by looking the... at
0: someone if they've got that allergy, but if I talk to them yeah. for three minutes, I kind of know what they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know which way they're going with that. I kind of thought you'd say no. Uh, I kind of thought Lucy Bowman might say yes. That's that's, that's where...
1: That's where... where. Can I I tell a tiny, funny ghost story? Yeah, please do. So when I was working at The Daily Show in 2015, we all stayed at this haunted hotel in uh, Austin, Texas, called The Driscoll. And the group of people I worked with at the time, very cerebral, very, like, skeptical, maybe, like, a third of them moved hotels after the first night. Mm. From just hearing stuff or seeing stuff yeah
0: well we're all like fascinated by it. I, 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 i'm pretty confident there are no ghosts but i've moved into quite an old house and for the first few months we, we could hear a baby crying that wasn't our baby oh god but we hadn't slept very much because we had a baby <laughs> <laughs> but Phantom we both baby we, crying yeah we were that's... both here at the same time and then go and look at our baby or look at the baby on the monitor and the baby our baby wasn't crying
1: oh my god
0: but there was a baby crying, in there. it used to be my house. Used to be like a An the doctor's house, and there of was to, there was a hospital on Stop the side it. of it. And you know, Your some health? babies must have died in the, in the last 300 years, wasn't they? Cool. See, <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's fine. It doesn't give us any trouble. The, the dead baby. Yeah, <laughs> a baby so, girl
1: would be fine.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I was glad. oh, in American country, you talk about the last uh, taboo subject, which is to mock short men which i do, did not find amusing
1: <laughs> yeah no i was doing the show and the reviewers over here were like she's edgy and i'm like okay and then encouraged me and i'm like what's the one thing i can't talk about because i have a bit about like uh women in isis like the glass burka just like their inability to have leadership positions like the show is pretty edgy in some ways you guys didn't like that i mean I, whatever okay sorry <laughs> I, but I could never talk about men shorter than me. People got so upset.
0: Yeah, it's. it's you Are you crying? About that. I was very <laughs> upset. I was laughing at everything, and then something affected me, and suddenly I thought that's not funny anymore. Yeah. What a weird experience that is. I've never, I've never experienced that from an audience before.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't see gender once it's below my eye line. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke from the show, sorry you guys.
0: Well, I didn't see gender for a lot of time, then I lost a bit of weight, and now I, I've realised again which, which gender I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: good,
0: we'll uh, ask you, okay, let's see whether this, I circled some yesterday and I could never find them, I'll tell you what, I should turn the page back, that's something I've learnt for future episodes, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go in random. Uh, if you dropped your mobile phone down the Portaloo, which is a portaloo, you know, do you know what a portaloo is? Do you have those in America? Yes, it's a bath, a toilet. Yeah, on day three of the Glastonbury Festival, do you know what the Glastonbury Festival is? Do you have yeah, those in America? Would you, <laughs> would you take the the, to- the phone out of the toilet? Would you, would you go down into the cesspit to if retrieve it?
1: There was an Ebola outbreak? No.
0: Okay. <laughs> If there the, rarely is in the Glastonbury Festival.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I wouldn't be contaminated with a hemorrhagic fever by touching a, a pool of shit, then
0: maybe. But Would you want to use your phone again? I mean, they're waterproof now, aren't they? But I don't know if uh... Oh,
1: so I have a waterproof <laughs> case on my phone, always. That I should have prefaced. Okay. Because I drop it in shit all the time. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have gone, we've gone very shit uh, heavy in this. <laughs>
1: How do you think I got McAfee to sit down with her?
0: (laughs) Let me find it. Let me see if I can find a nod. Kneel down.
1: No, sorry. Okay.
0: Let me see if I can find a question that isn't about shit. No, I can't. (laughs) Shit, anuses. Uh, Oh, how about this? What thing do you most regret destroying with fire?
2: (laughs) I never regret. (laughs) 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 regret. I have no
1: regrets. I... I don't have any regret over anything I've done. Have
0: you ever destroyed anything with fire?
1: Probably like some stuff.
0: Yeah. Bits yeah. of wood and stuff. I
1: actually had... <laughs> uh, Twinks. I had a breakup where my friend was like, you have to destroy this. It was something I had to, I had to destroy in okay. a fire. And maybe I regret that because it was a funny story and it would have been fun to keep.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think
0: it's sort of, that's a weird, but bit like when you do break up with people, sometimes that's the ultimate thing. You know, people... Ripping up fake photos and cutting out the... No, yeah. And in a way, I think that the time passes. Do you not want yeah, to n- at least see, the, see those things again?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a funny story. I just feel we were talking about it. But okay. um, yeah, it was like an article about the person with someone else. Okay. And so it was like funny, and I kept it because I thought it was funny. And my friend was like, you have to burn this. It's <laughs> kind of toxic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you could do what you like when you've broken up with someone if you. If it's you the only thing I've really ever
1: consciously burned that just popped into my head. I don't. I don't like pyro. It's
0: good. That's why it's a good question, because you know no one's asked that before, and no, well. uh, I'm not saying my questions are brilliant, but that one's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, when is your show on? Are there tickets? Can I see it? Yes, I. Will think you babysit are... my kids while while it's they on? They can. So com- I, they
1: should be able to come. Okay. I mean, it's it's 16 and up, but okay. I can make an exception if they want to just. <laughs> yes.
0: You don't want my son in there. I've been rude about my son. He was good today, so I like him today.
1: (laughs) Um, The show is at uh, 21.20, 9.20 (laughs) p.m. at the Assembly Room 5. It's called Miscarriage of Justice. It's like a political hour of comedy. It's will very be, dark.
0: Will you be back in the UK touring that in the future? You do come over here quite a lot. I'm
1: trying. To, I'm probably going to be coming over here more.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: really fun to do uh, comedy uh, outside of the US.
0: Cool. So, yeah. well, the people at home will uh, do check out uh, the, the, any tours. Check out American Cunt.
1: Yeah, check out American Cunt.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Just you know, generally, and the show American Cunt as yeah.
1: well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Freeman. Thank you. Okay.
0: Lovely. Uh, so, we'll move swiftly on. My son is he's okay, right, my son, but he, he, he'll do stuff that's just socially unacceptable and then you tell him off and he just laughs. I don't know where he got it from. I hate him. He's an idiot. So, its uh, just always laugh. Can't, you can't tell him off, he'll always laugh. My second guest today. Uh, you're much better than the audience in the first half of this show, by the way. <laughs> he's probably best known for his appearance on the 50 Funniest Moments of 2014. And we are going to talk about all fifty of those moments now. It's Phil Wang, ladies and gentlemen. Hey man. Hey Phil, I've, I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. Oh really? I hope you haven't listened to them because I've been really rude about you, but I love you. Do you really? Yeah, I love your taskmaster Thank you? Oh, I'm thanks, out. man. Um, I'm disappointed in not wearing. The, You're not the, the only one.
3: I. <laughs> I use that image a lot in my uh, press for this show, <laughs> knowing exactly what I was doing, um, and I do feel like I'm guilty of some false advertising.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Pete. That's what you, that's that's your gimmick. It's like Rod Hull had Emu. You have your cr- your your penis. <laughs> <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're, sh- you know, I no, never thought like my away. greatest
0: achievement was finding a loophole into being essentially nude.
3: Yeah.
0: But the others didn't realise, I can't remember which of the other guests I was talking to about, but they said they didn't. They only saw you on the last, the, the way it was filmed, they only saw you on the last task. We only saw each other it.
3: for the first time on the group yeah. task day. And um, it was also the first time I became aware of how visible my <laughs> little balls were. Because the crew don't give anything away. Right. They didn't, they didn't sneak over go, that's a bit much. <laughs> and it wasn't until... James Acaster turned up and said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I looked down and noticed just how visible it was. So if you see the, the first group task of that series of Taskmaster, I'm noticeably humbled. I'm covering myself a lot more than in other episodes because I'm suddenly, it's like, it's like I've, t- I've been taking a bite out of the forbidden
0: fruit yeah. and I finally noticed my own nakedness. Yeah. <laughs> Did do, th- do they not have a mirror anywhere that you could have seen <laughs> Or are you just so entranced by your own face? No, there's no mirror, it's like yeah. it's like a casino in that house. You have <laughs> so you no idea what time is. it is. So. You were fantastic. You, I think you were there's been some very good guests on Taskmaster. There's been some great people who would be great guests who haven't yet been on. <laughs> but there's Oh yeah, <laughs> Jenna, would would be great. Jenna would be <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Jenna's definitely fucking gonna be on there. She didn't know what it was backstage when I was saying that she'll definitely be on. Uh, before me, and uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> when, when all the other comedians are dead, if I manage to live to 100, they might have me on, that's, that's my guess. Uh, but you, are, you were... I mean, were you, were you putting it on a little bit? You were sort of quite... You're a very intelligent man, you're an engineer. Yeah. But you did make some stupid decisions. Well, I'd like to think... I'd like to say I
3: put it on... But when it came to the watching them back again, I was genuinely surprised just how badly I'd done. I yes. honestly thought I'd done quite well. Okay. There was one task I was particularly disappointed with, the, the way I had to get the weighing scale to measure an exact amount. And so I just went, oh, a big tub of water, you can adjust that um, you know, to an infinitesimal amount. Um, and, but it, it took me so long just to carry a bucket of water onto a scale that the others beat me by just throwing plastic ducks or some <laughs> chairs on it. You had to me-
0: measure how big a caravan was with bake- using a baked bean as a measurement. Yeah. You're an engineer, you should be able
3: to do that. I was so tired at the end of that day. I was just, I could not be bothered. And I didn't think this was going to be a major task. I thought it would be like, I thought they were going to get rid of it because it was so stupid. And, and it turned out to be like the centerpiece of one of the episodes. Yeah. And I just came across as a fucking idiot and Rod Gilbert came across as smarter than me. And I was just <laughs> so disappointed. You're confronted with a, a, a strange version of yourself on that show, yeah. a very honest and peculiar version of yourself, and I was very disappointed
0: with it. <laughs> it <laughs> was very entertaining, and so is it made? I mean, that that's been your most high. You've done a lot of TV, but that's the most high-profile. Yeah, I, I hadn't, hadn't realised just how. I, mean, I knew it was
3: a big old popular show and a great show, but I didn't realise just how many people watched it, and um, that yeah, it was after doing that show that you know, people recognising me on the tube and pointing at my dick. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also so much a, fa- um, a, a, a product of just being on the same show every week for 10 weeks, you know, so yeah. you're you a constant presence on, the, on the TV for yeah. a while.
0: And you t- your show's sold out this year in Edinburgh already, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So you're doing extra shows already? I'm doing extra shows,
3: um, and those sold out, but I'm doing another extra show <laughs> in the Pleasance Grand on the 16th of Friday, 11.15pm, so do come to that if you can.
0: Come and see that, if you, if you can get tickets. I mean, there's still a few tickets left for this show. Uh, every performance. Uh, again, including this one and the last two I've done as well. If you're a time traveller, please do come. <laughs> please do come back. Uh, and, um, OK, let's see what else we're going to talk to you about. Um, I'm very interested in your mum.
1: You're, what? You're I'm what? interested
0: in your mum. Oh, yeah? yeah. I mean, not yet as a romantic prospect, but okay. possibly. Maybe. Um, can't I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out. She's probably about the same age as me. Uh, so... Um, I'll be nice. She's an archaeologist. Um, be, w- would you like to have me as a stepdad? <laughs> um... <laughs> I it, Can I come back on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably okay. every week, if, you're, if I'm your dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if once my kids are old enough, I'm planning to have them on every week, basically. <laughs> like a sort of Von trap podcasting.
3: <laughs> um, my, my mother, yeah, she trained as an archaeologist, yeah. um, and that's what took her out to Malaysia. Yeah, And then she uh, retrained uh, as a doctor. So okay. she's, full, she's a doctor. But she so worked in voluntary services overseas in Malaysia. Is that, so yeah. that's where she met you? Is that where she met your dad? Or yeah, he, she, uh, yeah? Uh, she took uh, martial art. Class and my dad was a kung fu instructor because okay. I am uh, descended from a line of stereotypes.
2: <laughs>
0: <That's Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you're kung fu, you like Indiana Jones, a kung fu instructor and archaeology, and that's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> incredible. Uh, well, that's, that's a lovely story. And so you, you grew up, you were born in Stokes. I was born in Stokes, well, my mum's from Stokes. Yeah. So unlikely, but i oh, That doesn't it. look like it. No, it's just, just... I can't imagine anyone's born in Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of place you die in, isn't yeah. it? It's not... <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, no, I was born in Stoke, but I don't remember it. I was a week no. old when we flew back. And you went back, and so you and you
0: lived all over the world. You could speak man- Mandarin. A bit of Mandarin. My is pretty right. rocky. My Malay is
3: pretty good. Okay. Uh, and uh, my English is fantastic. Your English is very. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the English. Thank you very much. I am we a bit might have trouble, huh? I thought we might have trouble.
0: So I, I was <laughs> going to conduct the interview in Malay, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 we'll, stick. we'll stick with English for for now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll do it again. I, I, I have to recommend, I've recommended uh, Jenna's internet stuff if you do, ch- do check out that uh, John McAfee interview, it's incredible. Uh, but I was watching uh, your takedown of Tom Hiddleston's uh, break- well, Centrum advert, it's an advert yeah. for vitamin pills, which I remember from a few months ago, which was, came on the internet, which is him, it was just for the, car- was it Korea that it was in, or China? It was, it was China. China, it was the it was Chinese a... market?
3: Yeah, it was just a bizarre, bizarre advert yeah. where he pretended to be your boyfriend. Yeah. And so it's all from like a first-person perspective, and Tom Hiddleston's making you breakfast and making no sense and <laughs> offering you like pushing these vitamins at you, <laughs> like he's trying to say something about your health. Uh, and it was just so bizarre, and I hate him anyway. So <laughs> when this came out, like a friend, Andrew, Andrew Dawson, the comedy writer, was like, "Have you seen this video? It'd be funny if like it was you doing the collar up." I was like, "Oh yeah," and I had a f- free day in Melbourne. <laughs> and a hotel room that looked peculiarly like the yeah. set in the video, yeah. so I just did that in my pants for a day. <laughs> and um, I mean, we
0: weren't trying to explain that. you have to watch it to get. Just Google those things. I was crying with laughter this morning. Then I tried to explain right. to my mother-in-law, who did not.
1: Find
0: yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't know about the original advert. it's insane? <laughs> Because he's in in Making You Breakfast, he said i finished work early. Yeah, yeah, I I just
3: got off work, but it's like breakfast, so what does he do? Is he like a security guard and then, and he makes you breakfast um, which is like a fried egg on top of a fruit salad and then he puts pepper on it. It's like what the f- what, is this what Chinese people think white people think Chinese people eat? And all these filters of cultural misunderstanding. And then, and then he has to get up and leave and he goes, sorry, I've got to go back, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm busy for the next few weeks. He's like, but you just got off work, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh,
0: and I, he makes my skin crawl anyway. And so it was delightful, it was
3: delightful to make that video. And of course there's like a Chinese link as well, which was fun. Yes. <laughs> it's very good. Do watch it.
0: Uh, we've ruined it now for you, but it was good. It was, it was <laughs> very good. Uh, and uh, you're doing the Edinburgh Noodle Awards. Okay, is this something you do? Yeah, really? the Slurpees. Yeah. Yeah, so I, in 2017,
3: I found an incredible uh, noodle place on Nicholson Street called uh, Noodles and Dumplings, which is just one of the best noodle places I've ever been to. And I thought, I'm go- I'm gonna, just to keep myself sane in this month, I'm going to do something completely non-comedy and just review noodle places. And people start going to the places that I was recommending. And um, they started doing Melbourne Comedy Festival. And so, yeah, they're, they're the Slurpees now. And at the end of the month, once they, they give away the comedy awards, they give away the Slurpees. OK. Is there yeah. a prize? Uh, not any physical one. No. Uh, just, just, uh, just pride. a kudos. Yeah. And these places. I'm not on Twitter, I will never find out. Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> are you able to give any clue as to who's going to win this year or is it too early? I'm not,
3: it's, it's too early, I mean there's a lot of exciting newcomers. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: it's all about which restaurant has the most sort of touching message about 40 minutes into your meal. Uh, <laughs> I've not I've not managed to be too many places just yet, no. but I've got a bunch of recommendations. I'm looking forward to. Okay, here.
0: that's good. And do they let you eat there for free now? They as no one, has no one got any idea. No one has it? any idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of these places
3: don't pay tax, let alone are on Twitter. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so. and I don't I don't want the special treatment. I, I'm no. in there for the nudes. I yeah, I don't want to be treated special.
0: That's fine. That's Because I, for years, I would go on about the Tempting Tatty, which is a fantastic jack potato shop uh, up. Uh, just down the hill and up the hill from the Pleasance, I always forget the name of the road, and I went on about it for a long, long time, for probably 15 to 20 years before the guy went, are you Richard? Because <laughs> I would, I, I, whenever, you know, whenever I said, where do you eat in Edinburgh? I'd always say the Tempting Taffy. Yeah, how do you do that before Twitter? Are we just screaming in the <laughs> street? <right>? <laughs> <laughs> I'd mention it shows, and every time, you know you always get asked, where do you hang out in Edinburgh? Where do you eat in Edinburgh? I would just always say the Tempting daddy. That would be the only place, because <laughs> also you know you don't really hang out in Edinburgh all that much. You sort said of, not going for like massive meals anywhere. Yeah, every every meal is an
3: emergency. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> every meal is just like gotta grab something so you don't faint in the next two hours. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. Good. So uh, hopefully eventually they'll know, no, but not uh, not until then. And you were present at the footlights. I didn't know you were a Cambridge boy, but I, I, I have a feeling I might. Did I do a gig with you in about the, in the? In Cambridge. Yes, um, the Wolfson Hall, um,
3: and the Wolfson College, yeah, uh, which was like uh, the the most high, most prestigious like gig in Cambridge because it meant. Um, you are on with like these amazing professional comedians and Richard, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you, 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 it was like this taste of the professional world. You
0: know? Yeah, so I remember the gig, and I thought I think I remember you on that. It was, it was like snivelling a snivelling little. No, you were very, you were very good. But I have to it. say, Everyone, the standard was very good. I thought there was a lot of comedians who were very like Stuart Lee, is what I, I remembered <laughs> at the time. This drove me insane. <laughs> <laughs> course, they didn't realise they were actually like me. Someone had copied me and then made it more commercial. Uh, so, they didn't know who was amongst them, but yeah, so you were, you were, doing, sta- you were doing stand-up at university, and, yeah. and then you became president of the Footlights, which is pretty impressive. It was nice, it was nice. I mean, I, I was in my fourth year and I was there a bit
3: longer than people, so nice. a lot of it was just because I'd been there the longest and could handle the emails. Um, it's, made, it's, it's an administrative job mainly, it's just like handling emails from, from weirdos. Uh, but yeah it's just I mean the great thing about the footlights is just it's just a place to practice comedy yeah. all the time for three to four years so you come out just you know knowing knowing the mechanics of it a little better than a lot of um, yeah. other people your age maybe I've got to
0: and is it still a, a, is it is it a slight sort of albatross around your neck being a Cam- Cambridge footlights is that on the circuit or t- I mean is, is it if is you it? let it be and yeah. I don't really
3: it, it's it's it's, no, I, not really. I mean, people don't really talk about it that much. Uh, for, like, you don't really get the benefits from it that it used to. It's not like an instant route into, you know, a, a radio for like it used to be, and, which is good, you know. Things are more equal now and a little more um, democratic. Uh, but I think whatever benefits it has are cancelled out by the negative connotations it has as well. So you come up basically at net zero. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, I had a horrible. Day. I was in the Oxford Review in, yeah.
0: in uh, 88, and, and I was like, immersed, to, to the extent that it's psychologically damaged the rest of my life. <laughs> what, what I was do? just, we were just, the alternative comedians just basically bullied us <laughs> for the whole year, and it was just so upsetting. Really? Yeah, yeah. But and when you left? When we came to Edinburgh in 88 and did yeah. the Oxford Review, we just basically got set up for loads of horrible experiences that made me think I would never be welcome in the world of comedy, which is why I now do a, a podcast on my own on the outskirts. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally invite people into space and then get rid of them again. Uh, it did, did, I, the more I think about it, eventually I'll, 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 I'll process it all and it'll be fine. This isn't about me, though. So uh, let's... Uh, let's uh, it's, you know, I it, it's, it's, there's still a lot of people that go to, uh, to Cambridge uh, and don't become successful comedians. Oh, plenty. There's a lot of people who try to be comedians and don't become successful comedians. Yeah, 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 lo- yeah, loads. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, part of the reason I went
3: was because I knew I had this comedy legacy and I wanted to be a comedian was like yeah. 17, 18. Um, but you'll wash If you're not good enough, you're not, you know, you're not no. good enough. People won't come to see you.
0: But is that, so is it that thing we had as well? Is, it, is that three years? in a little safe space where you can cr- create what you're doing and work out what you're doing. You, it gives you, you know, that's the advantage to it, isn't it? Which most people, will. but yeah. you have that at any university, really, or any, any si- school, really, yeah. in a situation. Like that. But it's a safe space to a high standard. That's, yeah. I think that's the key, yeah. With a load of cunts.
2: <laughs>
3: Especially in Cambridge, am I right? <laughs> uh, Oxbridge,
0: Oxford people. Yeah. Let's <laughs> judge my crowd. Uh, what is your most mundane encounter with a celebrity? um uh i i put on, last time i was in Edinburgh
3: in 2017 i put i did it like a dance night okay um i just like kinda like a little rave so um a couple of friends put on this little dance night in the east dome and uh, i was playing some uh, music and um, i think i was playing um uh david bowie and uh someone tapped me on the shoulder a lady in a puffer jacket and i looked up and it was uh, emma thompson and uh, she asked me to change the music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chrissy
0: Hines, I'm sure I've told this story before, came to, I had a New Year's party at my house uh, when I lived in Shepherd's Bush, uh, and about quarter to midnight the doorbell rang and Chrissy, and I was in the kitchen and Chrissy Hines and Beth Orton uh, walked into my house, walked around my house, I was in the kitchen, they walked, she walked in, Chrissy Hines walked in, I went, what are you doing here? And she just ignored me, walked in, and then walked out again. And it wasn't the party they'd been looking for. Uh,
2: uh,
0: it was very, it was a very weird experience. What are you doing here? And then she just ignored me. It's my house, I'm allowed to ask, Why you're, what are you doing here, Chrissy Hines? Um, might be before your time. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I have no idea who either of those people were, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, they're pretty good. They're both pretty good. Uh, Right, I'm going to ask you uh, a new emergency question, especially for the festival. To be honest, it's not working out well.
1: But it's it's
0: new, that's what I've got for you. Did you ever buy a biscuit or chocolate bar that had an ingredient missing? (laughs)
2: Like
0: a Kit-Kat without any wafer in it, or a club biscuit without the biscuit. Have you ever done that? I had the
3: occasional fruit and nut that didn't have quite enough fruit. Well, Uh, there you go. I don't know if that's technically
0: missing. How did you feel? Well, it's still bad. How did you feel? Was was it better or worse? Do you remember? I thought, I'd better buy another. (laughs) 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 That's how they get you. That's how they get you. You can just buy a bit more, some raisins and... Shove it in there. Well, just just keep them in your cheek and release those (laughs) as and when you feel... It's like a raisin drip in your mouth. Just keep that in there. That's fine. I mean, this extra expense—really, you should go to Cadbury's and so they can have my money back. Or, yeah. in, in general, though,
3: the, the UK manufacturing industry—it <laughs> works to a very high
0: standard. I don't so. think I, I disagree. I've seen this kit, especially. The, I've never had one, but a Kit Kat without the wafer—that comes really? up a lot. Does it just collapse, or is it? No, a it's just all just chocolate all the way through. It's just solid chocolate. That's insane. You must, yeah. have, for a second, you must think you're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just. A, I think when it happens to you. It's just a magical, wonderful experience that you never forget. That's the thing. That's why, that's why I think it's a good question for the people it's happened to. For the people it hasn't happened to. It turns out to be most people. It's not that good a question. But I'm going to persist with it.
3: Well, it's also a function of how much chocolate you eat. Yeah. Um, and the more you eat, the more likely this is to occur to you. That's true. I guess I don't eat quite as much. Yeah. It's a Willy Wonka
0: golden ticket effect. But, you know, Charlie Bucket didn't eat that much Chocolate, and he still got a golden ticket, and in the end, he couldn't afford it. Right. Um, admittedly, the person who bought loads of chocolate bars did also get a golden tickets. So yeah. That's probably some. Well, you're an engineer, you can probably work out. <laughs> uh, Here's a subsidiary question because that one went so well. Yeah. <laughs> you may have been asked this before. I once emptied a uh, faulty 1P fruit machine. Uh, Because you didn't need to put any money in for it to work, you could just pull the the, the arm. And so I just emptied the whole thing and made about, what, between one and three pounds, I can't remember. (laughs) Then walked out with that in my my shorts, I was young. What faulty machine gave you an unexpected cash or free item (laughs) for?
3: Weirdly enough, this did happen very, very... Okay, there you go. (laughs) I I was very... And was it the best day of your life when it happened? It It was incredible. I I was a child. Yeah. Um, I was in France with my mother. I was wearing my first ever denim jacket, so it was already very exciting. (laughs) Um, I I was thin. I never looked so good. (laughs) And we were walking through a train station or something, and there was like a, a photograph machine, a passport photograph machine. And for some reason, you know, you're you're young, you're curious, and I went in and I had a fiddle in the uh, the old change dispenser, and it was full of francs. Oh, yeah, it was full of francs, and I, I just filled my pockets with francs. Yeah, um, and just
0: did a load of coke. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. I don't
2: remember. And I don't remember I
0: spent all my one Piece. I genuinely, what was interesting about the one piece I got, right, is my dad is the most honest person on the planet, okay, he's a very Christian man, he would never steal or do anything. I walked out, I was a young child, I had little red shorts on in my memory, uh, and literally, just I was worried I was walking out that the arcade manager would see me and break my legs Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for beating the system. Uh, like in casino uh, and uh, I got in the car because we were on holiday and my mum and dad noticed the <laughs> clinking sound and, and my dad my mum went well you should take it back I think we would we'll take it back and dad said well no because arcades they are just ripping people off anyway so maybe this is fair enough I think he probably, probably just had to get somewhere quite quickly he didn't want to be bothered <laughs> but my dad
3: allowed it, it to, uh, allowed me to keep the money Maybe he thought he had a bit of a Rain Man thing going, yeah. and he could <laughs> take you to the casinos. <laughs> it, could
0: it could be. Imagine that, just the inconvenience of having to spend, like, three pounds in one penny pieces. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's more a burden than it, it is, isn't it? Was, it? It's like, it was like, like a, an episode of The Twilight Zone, yeah, like where a I could hear yeah.
2: oh the curses. <laughs> it's like a Greek tragedy. But it, it was, and in those days,
0: like, a, know, a penny would buy you four mojos. What the fuck is a mojo? <laughs> I don't know why that's annoyed me so much. What is a mojo? This is right, I feel like my my granddad. Oh, in the war we had mojos. Four mojos. We could get eight mojos for a penny. Like at one point in my life, they were like very small chews. It's well, uh, a very small word. Chews like a chew, a chew that you could chew on. Like, do you remember Blackjack? So you didn't even Black grow up Jackson. in the UK. So. Do you remember yeah, Black I mean, Jackson I mean, fruit salads? People remember those, right? Who remembers mojos? Only the old people. Look at that old, that old geezer there. Yeah, the I remember. Do you remember the eight p eight for one p or yeah, four for half a p? Do you even go. You're allowed to go. I just think I only need four mojos today. Here's half a pence. Do you remember half pences, mate? Yeah. You mean, do you remember one d's? Do you remember six pences? Yeah, I don't remember those. Um, you
3: yeah, have the cultural age here of a 13-year-old because that's what I got here. Oh, right, okay. Like, I st- I'm confused by still so many things. Like, what, the f- what, what is a Mr. Blobby? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just so confusing. There's so many confusing things that you never catch up with really unless you grow up here. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I, I recommend some mojos if you get, ever get to travel back through time. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked to you about the, the 50 funniest moments of 2014.
3: Yeah. What were they? If you want to talk about an albatross around your neck, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We had to research
0: vision. that for so long before we went on that show. Yeah. Really, really hammering it down the 50 funniest moments. Yeah. Of they the whole year. Us all, in,
3: all in library. Yeah. Yeah just, yeah. just. me and various glamour models at a <laughs> public library. And just go through the events of 2014, <laughs> for anything that struck it stuck out to us. What did happen in 2014? I thought you I did, did the, the show. What well,
0: was <laughs> the funniest? Was still funny back in 2014. Imagine living back
3: then. <clears throat> probably some guy getting hit in the. I don't. I don't know. I kinda remember. I've got a terrible memory, you know. That's fine. Uh, Twenty-four. What?
0: Not, I, I don't remember anything pre. Do you remember doing the show The Funniest Moments of 2014? Um. Do you I, no. I do remember. <laughs> I mean, you've done a lot of telling. I would. I would. That's the
3: epic I mean, epic. I can't believe you haven't brought up Arnie's greatest stunts. I haven't brought that up. Though. It was a Talking head show about the greatest stunts <laughs> <laughs> on Arnie's. TV, which apparently I am interested in. Okay. Um and I talked about one where a motorbike
0: flew off a ramp which
3: which turned out to be most of them (laughs) (laughs) because
0: when you do those shows you often don't have to know anything about the subject, you just turn up and then they say we've got to talk about this video (coughs) say something funny about it, I did one about football I was quite impressed with myself because I don't know anything about football, it comes up all the time it's on Sky Sports 2 all the time And I talk about uh, events that happen in football. And I said to them, I don't know anything about football. They said, It's fine. Are you good at affecting an enthusiasm? Not really, no. Yeah. I'm not very <laughs> good at ad libbing or anything. <laughs> don't know why I'm doing this show. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible burden to me I'll ask you another emergency question emergency questions books by the way will be available after the show uh, both the new 1001 emergency questions in hardback which will not soon not be available any longer uh, and the original emergency questions book uh, which has 500 questions in it uh, you can buy them both and get some free stickers or you can pay some, some stickers if you're at home go to com and you can buy the books in a lovely bundle um, oh what came over me there I'm very happy to, do, to say hello and have selfies after the show we finished uh, oh god we really are don't forget about the scope bucket I'll ask you one question uh, and <laughs> and uh, and then uh, it will be over uh, the question is if you're following at home question 549 in the new book who was the biggest prick at your school
2: <laughs>
0: hmm which school like how old well which I mean any of your schools you're allowed to pick out from if you yes. have, I don't know if someone's left to mind I think mine might be me Right. If you're not sure, then I think it's you. But if you are sure, I, mean, I think I probably was a bit of a prick at school.
3: A prick? Uh, um, uh, there, there was a, there was a guy in my school, primary school in uh, Malaysia called um, Edbert, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> and who always, always, oh, he was just very confident for a ten-year-old. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so Edbert... Edward Chong, if you're listening to <laughs> Richard Herring's podcast, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've finally had my revenge. Does it feel good?
0: Does it feel good to have got that hat, the hacking system? Yeah. Finally, you know that's that's all you need to do every now and again is just my backs written up. Yeah, it yeah, looked very happy. <laughs> Edward Chong. I mean no wonder the guy was a prick. <laughs> Did that to him? <laughs> Yeah, I I, well, like, listen. Do listen to the Stuart Goldsmith podcast because there's some very. We hadn't have time to talk about it, but there were there was proper like corporal punishment at your. school Oh yeah, I was hit, I was caned at school and stuff. No, yeah.
3: not very much. I was one of the good ones, but even the good, good. No one, no one comes out unscathed. No. Yeah, uh, and I was amazed that people here don't hit their children. Right. Yeah, they did. So when I was young,
0: there was still to, like, there was still corporal punishment in schools. Really? Yeah. So it was about like ruler. In the, yeah, a dap, which is a plimsoll. Training shoe uh-huh. uh, that we've got. Dapped and uh, yeah, and rulers. Uh, my dad was a headmaster. He had a cane. I think I think he genuinely cane people. Really? back had 1982. There was no longer allowed. They still did a few just for fun. <laughs> Black market. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. Do you want to? I mean, you know, your show sold out, but you, your show is co- Is it called Philly Philly Wang Wang? Yeah, I couldn't be asked. Yeah. I just <laughs> <wanted to> ask. <laughs>
2: You going to tour? you're touring the show Yes, yes I'm, in, touring. In the I'm,
0: tour- I'm
3: touring in the spring yeah.
0: uh, and, and a bunch of them have just gone on
3: sale so check yeah. out my website go
0: and go and see Phil, yeah. he's a fantastic stand-up, there's a great clip from him in the Melbourne Festival if you want to check him out uh, online and also check out that, uh, that I was going to say Benedict Cumberbatch but the other guy, Tom Hiddleston <laughs> Thing, which well, I, I think you can watch that once a month for the rest of your life and you cry with laughter every time, that is my guarantee thank you very much for coming, do come and see some more, uh, if you're at home come and see one of these thank you very much for coming, goodbye, thank you <laughs> you have been listening to Hullestopher at the Edinburgh Fringe with me Richard Herring, thank you to Pest for providing the music, thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand And everyone at gofasterstripe.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and gofasterstripe.com production. Go to rahulastupa.co.uk to find out more. richardherring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run.